0: Hello, I'm Rachel. She's the host of the Meet Your Author Podcast, where we celebrate African authors and have bookish conversations. Joining me today is Iwanose Odafen from Nigeria. We'll be talking about her debut novel, Tomorrow I Become a Woman. First of all, I want to say that I absolutely love Tomorrow I Become a Woman. Uh, We read it in our book club and everyone was just so excited about it, but also equally stressed. (laughs) Was <laughs> understandable
1: understandable.
0: yeah we were extremely stressed but before we get into the book who is i want to say and what are you up to are you writing us a new book um so i want to say is many things right um
1: i'm a writer well I'm, I'm a writer who's interested in um, telling women's stories and, um, especially african women and you know in a way that's um, authentic and also like rings through with the true with the audience and also um i'm not just a writer um i'm also a finance person as well so actually i've spent a better part of my life doing finance and consulting um before my book came out what am i up to right now well Right now I'm working, but I'm also I'm working on a on a, on another novel, which hopefully I can share more about soon. Um, I started working on it actually in 2021. Uh huh. Um, so this was when I was kind of through the edits for tomorrow I become a woman. So I was just like, uh, okay, you know. I just keep myself my, my my mind busy, and I also wanted to. I also had a story. At, um, I wanted to tell, so I, I'm working on that as well. I'm also in the midst of drafting something else because I really do. Writing keeps me seeing like most of most of the
0: time, to be honest. So yeah, so <laughs> that's it about me. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's very exciting. Um, and when you mentioned finance and then writing, I how do you mm-hmm. match the two? are you like living separately separate lives like when i mean you do you, like compartmentalize what you do like now i'm in the writing uh mind frame now i'm in the finance mind frame
1: actually in the way i do you know that's that's a great question i don't think people ask me that a lot actually in the way i do so like when i when when i'm like working like doing like finance or accounting or consulting stuff it's 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 a very different mindset, right? Like I'm I'm thinking very differently from when mm-hmm. I, Okay, I want to write. When you're writing, it, it's really it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's a very con- like it's an all-consuming process for me because I feel it. I I like I have to immerse myself deeply in the world. So so it, it's it it's it, it takes more of my like energy and emotions than normal work because I normal mean, work is work yeah but for me i write i feel my character's emotions i feel like i because it's really like my past um like two projects i've worked on so far have been from like the first person perspective so it's so like I, I have to think like they're thinking I have to think okay if I was in this position like I have to imagine you know and sometimes it can be very emotional um because like, I, I actually can see what the the character has through you know yeah and and so yes yeah, a very different mindset like I have to switch most of the time but I enjoy it I think it's like it's like it, 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 it's it's a, it's it's a kind of thing where you're like oh my god I hate this so much oh, you cry you feel bad you do this that, but then when it's done, it's like,
0: ah, this was worth it. <laughs> yes, I guess that's why writing is a labor of love.
1: Yes, it is.
0: It is. I've
1: I've come to. I've always loved reading, and, and I always loved like reading. But I think in the last decade since I've like fully really actually started writing properly, I I think I've come I've come to develop a lot more respect for writers as a whole, and. I find it a lot harder to criticize people's works. Yeah. Like, now, I, well, maybe I'm not the audience. So if like, oh, I hate this book so much. Now I say stuff like, um, oh, maybe I'm not, I'm not the audience for this. Yes, yes. Because I know the energy that goes into it. I'm just like, okay, maybe I'm just not the audience. <laughs> okay.
0: And you know, I, I think, I think for me that's that's the essence of doing Meet Your Author, um, being able to talk to writers about their writing processes and gaining a better understanding of that process because it helps me appreciate the book better, whether I enjoy the book or not. I'm not mm-hmm. quick to say that, you know what, I hate this book, don't read it. I also go, mm-hmm. on the line, I go with the line of, you know what, I'm not the target audience and, you know, maybe if I don't enjoy it now, maybe I could enjoy it in another season so I don't completely disregard yes, the work. I
1: agree. I completely agree. I agree. No, I agree totally. And also because sometimes it's it's not like the work is not good. It's sometimes maybe you're just not in the frame of mind to receive it, you know. Yes. Um it's so much going on around the world now. Sometimes I, like even though my writing isn't like I write a lot of heavy stuff. Sometimes I find that because I write like heavy stuff. I find it hard to read stuff as heavy as what i write does that make sense <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly. i'm already like dealing with all this in my own writing and i'm already feeling all this so now i just want to read something happy and light you know yes. to be surprised when i mentioned some of the books i read because i'm like i like to be <laughs> i like to myself a
0: little from you know the very serious world i, I create so yeah <laughs> okay so mention two books that you know you would that have lighter themes as opposed to what you write ah that, uh, that you've read that i've
1: read oh i've read quite i've read quite i've read quite a bit but um for example i am i always like to I'm a lot damage i'm a huge fan of um romance so I actually Ooh, me too <laughs> Like I'm a huge Judith McNaught fan. I think I think Paradise is like the best romance romance novel ever written. Mm-hmm. Um I, I also um in the last couple of years I, I, I fell in love with Monica McCarthy's writing. She she writes a lot of um historical um romance fiction, but it's like um Highland, um, the Highland um like there's this series basically just that's based on loosely based on real stories, um, basically around um, Robert Bruce mm-hmm. in the 14th century. There was apparently this war between England and Scotland, you know. And this um, king of Scotland, like, overcame the odds, right? When everyone yeah. thought it was going to be destroyed by the English. And then, basically, different characters that helped him along the way and fought on his side she makes them main characters in each book for her Mm -hmm. series and at the end in the author's notes she says real story and who like that book was inspired by and stuff like that i found this so fascinating and and i've read like the books like so many times like it is romance right but i think for me the end, and and seeing her notes, and like, okay, it's based on this person. He actually married this person in real life. But then, this is why I tried to do storyline like this and that and that. And I just like, oh my like, god, I just imagine the amount of historical material she must have gone through. Yeah. To- to be able to create the world she's able to create and so I, I admire that a lot yeah so that's the kind of lighter stuff i enjoy
0: to read <laughs> okay um the speech yeah. you said the kind of material that she should have that she went through to create what she created i think that brings us to your novel um tomorrow i become a woman um because mm-hmm. it's heavy like you mentioned and you're you're, you're tying so many things together that for me as a reader, I was wondering, first of all, the book has so many characters,
1: so many characters,
0: <laughs> <laughs> very many complex uh, themes that you're dealing with. And then we have the one of the biggest themes, um, the Biafra War. And I, how much did you have to, how much research did you have to do to, and then how, how did you end up choosing what goes where in the book? Because I mean, I was reading and I was, Fascinated, like you said, uh, with the other uh, authors' work, as equally fascinated with yours. How did you achieve that? Oh,
1: that's a, that's a that's a that's a tough question to ask answer. But how do I, how did I achieve that right now? Because even me, I'm so now, I read it, like, actually, <laughs> actually, like someone mentioned a it, particular part of, of the novel, and I and I actually opened it to read it, and I was like, oh, I read this. Is true, so I don't know. But I can say like in terms of research, I I I think how I how I see writing, I think, I think the best the, the best writing is not just being able to write like the like the best words or create the best flowery sentences, which is like great, of course, but being able to get the readers to feel, mm-hmm. you know, to really feel. And that was one thing I really I wanted to accomplish when I, when I was writing about the Civil War. So, one thing i did was i actually i actually watched a lot of youtube videos about the nigerian civil war mm-hmm. like i listened first-person accounts or like because because i also read like i also did like the, the proper research right like reading like um articles i read some old newspaper clippings mm-hmm. i read um i read some of um some um, some ac- um a- academic um articles and documents on that, that chronicled the civil war but i also wanted to i also wanted to go outside of the academic stuff i wanted to hear from the people that were there you know people on the streets because yeah if you ask like maybe a journalist about what happened in, 19, in Nigeria in the 1960s, I do they'll speak about it, right? But then you can't really connect to the everyday man. But then if I talk, but if maybe someone that was maybe selling street food that time saw, so, like I remember I was, I was reading this first person account of this woman that was selling um, palm oil soup with her mother. Yeah. When the when the war started, and you, and it was so vivid, and and I read a lot of accounts like that, and I also watched videos, and I also listened to people that that survived the war and how they felt, and you know, and you can still see the trauma. And I really wanted people to feel that, and so that's what I really tried to immerse myself in because I felt if I feel this, then when I write about it, people yeah. will feel it. Yeah. And that was very important for me and so that's what I try to do and then the other parts of the book outside of the civil war but just in the same time frame you know I try to I I, I, listen to a lot of music from that time because I love music but then I also think music is one of the few things that can help people feel grounded in time like I always joke that if you ask someone now what were you doing in 2002 person like how do you expect me to remember but if you play a song from 2002 the person will tell you exactly where they were, what they were doing <laughs> when that song came out. You know, like this song, this popular Joe song, My Sister Loves, every time that song comes on, I always I always, I always, say, see, when this song came out. Or even Craig David's Born to Do It.
0: Yeah. I, I,
1: when that album came out, I every time that album came I remember exactly where I was when that album came out. How my uncle then, that was a, that was a bachelor to stupor, who played that album in his house all the time, and how I enjoyed going to visit him just so that I can listen to Craig David. And you know, do you know for, for the longest time I couldn't say exactly what year that was, right? Yeah. But then I knew where I was when that album and and so for me and so that's really what I try to do with like little inserts here yeah, and there are different types of songs because then it puts people in the time because then people if those that are old enough to remember they remember those that are not old enough to remember they can listen to the song and feel what it would like to be in that time so yes that. So that's, that's, how, that's how I try to, you know, make that happen.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, one thing that I also liked about the novel is you spotlight female friendships really well. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful, but yet very complex. And regardless of the timelines or the time frame, even today we're able to, at least I was able, and the people in my book club were able to relate to, to those friendships um and i wondered for you because you you said you also like telling women's stories how important are female friendships in in this ever-changing landscape that we live in
1: um i think female friendships are very important uh, I, to, to me because i I'm, I'm someone that grew up as a tomboy right but i grew up with a lot of sisters yeah funny enough. but um and, and over the years cause I, I have friends um i make friends with men very easily but then i also have a lot of human friends i've realized that no matter how great my male friendships are there's nothing that really replaces the bond of having women around you yeah. nothing absolutely Nothing, so whenever people say stuff like, Oh, I get along better with men, I just laugh, <laughs> my like, dear. When you need it, what like will you like? Time will tell you, man, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> you, you will learn. And you know, because even, even in the worst of situations, even the so called patriarchy princesses or whatever, right? Even the old, like some of the older women that are there to this, this, and that. When the chips are down, they are the ones that always step in. Always yes. step in yes. to help out. And so there's that and, and like you said, there's that complexity. You know, there's that oh, ah, my husband this, all people say, this and that, you know. And we see it in Ada and Chiniru's um, friendship with Uju. Yes. But then we also see how, when when things when things happen, we see how women step up. Yeah. Even when uh, we see how you know Sister Bolatito helps um, um, helps Uju, how Salomi, who hasn't seen Uju in many years, is the one to bring out money. And it's how women are. It's, I don't know. I, I think it, it, a lot of socialization. I think it's also because no one can really understand yeah. What women go like other women, yes. regardless yeah. Regardless of their beliefs, regardless of everything, no one can really understand like other women. So I always try to encourage, I always try to encourage like women and young women to like have a few more friends. Like it would help you so, so, so much. And you just receive a lot of wisdom, a lot of support, a lot of comfort. Like, yeah, there, there will be issues along the way. I and mean, it's normal and it's fine. Yeah. But not because well nothing really replaces female friendship, and and it's and when and when you see female friendship in action, it's really really beautiful, and I and I really wanted to present that on the page.
0: Yeah, and I think you did that so well because that we th- we see the three ladies, and I guess anyone who has that sort of friendship would really relate and enjoy the book even more. Uh, we Thank see you. them right from when they're young to you know they go to uni, and everyone is getting married, how. Like the different stages of life we go through and how we navigate that with the female friendships that we have. So yes. yeah, that was for me. It, it stuck with me, and I feel, um, say, when one of the ladies passed on, and then um, the other two couldn't navigate their friendship. I I like that that complexity because half the time when you're in a clique of friends, you're all friends, but you're not as uh, you're the dynamics are different with each friend. I don't know if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yes, yes. No, I know. I totally get what you mean. Like, every, like it, it can all even be in the same like friendship group, but yes. like your relationship with this person is completely different. Yes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's also a good. A, that was also a nice aspect that was explored in the book because we see after the friend passes on, then these two are not really friends anymore. Mm-hmm which was really sad, but that also happens again in, in adult friendships, even as we're getting, even when they're still young, because you're still being friends with someone and then you're better friends with another and it's okay, as long as you have friends holding you up. And then um, at the bit about um, Uju and her mother, can we talk about the mother-daughter relationships in the book? And I know that it, it majorly centered on Uju and her mother. Why? Why was the mother like that? <laughs> like, I just could not wrap my head around that.
1: Ah, uh, you know, you know. I think you, 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 you're probably you probably said it one of the nicest ways I've had. Like, I got to text so much. Like, i like, not text messages. Sorry, messages on Instagram. Like, I, I let you get like, another like, not unknown, but like, you know, like, I see like, requests and I go there. and It's like I hate the mother so much. <laughs> <laughs> She's I and mean, you cast out the mother and things like that. But you know, so there's so there, there, there are several reasons I read the mother like that. Because um number one, actually the mother's you kind know, of like like the synopsis says it's, it's loosely based on real women. So the mother is based, it's loosely based on someone's mother that I know. So oh, um wow and and basically the person was going through a very difficult marriage and the person left briefly, but then the, the mother gave her so much hell, and and she talks about it a lot. she's like, see, my mother gave me so much hell that I just said, you know what, I might as well just go back to my husband's house and I'll be suffering there too. Because what is this, you know? Mm. Um, and then also a particular Nigerian celebrity years ago. I remember I was around when I started writing this book. Um, yeah. well years ago she was talking about. She left her marriage and they were interviewing her. She was talking about how her husband was like physically abusive and I think he was also cheating or something. And she told her mother, and her mother was, and, and even after she left, her mother was still pressuring her to go back. And she was like, hey, But you know, this thing is happening to me.
0: Yeah. I don't understand.
1: Are you? see me as your daughter and then still tell me to go back. But then her mother was seeing it from a place of, in her own mind, from a case of law. Yes. So I really wanted to show that, that complicated dynamic between different generations of women that have been brought up a certain way, know, women that have been brought up to, be subservient to their husbands, to take whatever they give. And they can't seem to understand why, why rather, younger women don't want to accept this. And I really wanted to show that generational clash that why you know and also i think um even like luckily my my mother isn't like that but i also wanted to show the complicated relationship between mother and daughter yes in many many african households you know where like your mother can love you but then she can have this particular mindset and i've seen it i've seen it also um where your mother can have this particular mindset, and, and 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 she's telling you things like, "Oh, you should do this, or you should marry now." And it's not like your your like it's not like she hates you, but it's like it's how she was brought up, and she can't really separate herself from that because yeah. it's all she's known all her life. And in her mind, she's doing it for your own good. Yeah. And so even, and so even when, so so I always try to tell people like, to be fair, Uju's mother is absolutely terrible, but there's a bit of when in writing the character i had a bit of compassion for her because my, my my i kept thinking you know like imagine someone that's gone through all this sent on the back of a bus in like the forties of the teenager to go marry some random man in a case she had never been to before you know she gets there tries to adapt the husband is terrible to her she has children you know things like that and so it's it's it creates in many cases a very warped human being And mm-hmm. and i think that's that's what we see. And let's not also forget losing her brother, in, her beloved brother in the Civil War. Yeah. And that's what we see. And that's why I really try to humanize uh, Mama with the loss of her brother, because we see just how much that affects her as a person. And so it, it, so it creates a very complicated warped character. And that's who Mama is. And so that's why Mama is like that.
0: <laughs> it it was very complicated, very real, because I, like you said, there's so many examples of such mothers. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted to understand where she was coming from. But in my mind, I was like, okay, now that you know where you've come from, you should do better for your daughter. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not that simple. She still has a lot of unlearning to do, which can happen in in, in just a few years. So we drew her to suffer. And Mm -hmm. one of the other things that you do really well is showing us that, you know, what men need to be held accountable in all spheres and Mm -hmm. For me that's something that that's so powerful because half the time we make excuses for men that you know what men are like that um in church if he's giving if he's you know doing this and that men are like that yet women will, will no one is going to feel sorry for us no one is going to make any excuse for us we'll be blamed for each and everything and um, i'm wondering was what was that deliberate on your part to make sure that say gozi is hell like we need to hold this man accountable like mm-hmm. yeah see all this that he's doing so someone needs to hold him accountable whether it's his wife or uh, his in-laws or his own people well yeah it was very very
1: delicate um because you know what i always joke that i wrote tomorrow i become a man from a piece of anger and frustration because i i was seeing so i had a friend that was going through a very terrible marriage absolutely terrible like it was awful it was so awful that I had to, I called my mom and I was like please can you talk to this person and um and you know and then around the same time somebody else was going through something like I was just seeing all these things and I was just I was so upset and it's like and it feels like even in this situation in these situations the women are blamed or women, men are just not held accountable. You know there's yeah. always an excuse always something and so I wanted to write all these all these things all these characters and that like all these men and I wanted people to like to look at I wanted I wanted to kind of hold a, a mirror of society to make people force people to ask themselves questions. should we allow this to continue should this be okay you know what can we do and because I you see throughout the book because it kind of escapes accountability you know I mean, the only time he actually faces any sort of um any sort of um blowback is when he challenges the military government. Um anyone listening to it does not ready, I'm sorry for the spoiler. But um, you know, my my, <laughs> my minor minus that, we 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 see that he like he he literally goes through. And I and I, and a lot of people like ask me, like, oh, why why didn't this so far? Why didn't you make him so far at the end? Like, so far, so far, like you know, in the I don't know. I'm like, yeah, because that would let me really feel good. Like, oh my god, you know, like you feel good, and then you drop the book and you be happy. But I didn't want people to feel good. I wanted people to go away with a with a sense of frustration. The frustration I was feeling, yes. and. I, and and so so it was very very
0: much on purpose I,
1: I tell you <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm so glad because i i after reading the book i was so frustrated that's just like these men need to be held accountable like someone needs to hold the men in their lives accountable and i think <laughs> i went on a spree asking some of my friends that you know what when your friends when you hear that your friend has said he has been accused of rape or something do you hold your men, your friends accountable or do you mm-hmm. just you know say nothing and move on because these cases continuously come up and you're always with these people surely you should say something to them
1: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah i'm, I'm I... so glad it came up
1: <laughs> thank, thank you yeah no i no, i agree and you know it was it was very um helpful me to also listen to this. so men see reading the book has also helped them being about like things they didn't take note of before they didn't think too much about before It made them say wait this thing isn't you know it isn't proper because i also think sometimes men are also not very honest with their friends about their yeah. actions yeah about you know and I think it's also made them, you know, like, so, so as I'm, I'm, whenever I hear things like that, it makes me, it makes me grateful that I wrote this because, you know, there are times I was like, ah, oh my white people read this book, those guys are just going to be like, this, this, this girl just hates men.
0: <laughs> right. It's it easy. easy to think that, no, but also it's easy for people to know that you support women because the story right from the start is a story about women and Mm what they go through at the hands of men, at the hands of society, at the hands of culture. And as a woman, I related to that in so many ways. I felt sorry for Uju and her friends. And can we talk about marriage? That thing that everyone, every woman has been made to aspire to. And we see that the ladies get to the place where they are not content with not being Mm -hmm. attached to someone. And even the mother, um, yeah, so let's just go yeah. into that.
1: And even and even what do you want to say something and even
0: the what? I was going to say, even the mothers. We see the mothers putting pressure. You know what? You need to get married. You need you say yes to this man. I, I mean, like, why has it been brought to the forefront that it makes it seem like if you don't have it, then you're not complete? I
1: always say something. I uh, um um I always say that. When you're brought up to want something, to desire something with all your heart and all your mind, you know, at a point and you're told this is what you should want continuously from the time you're born, the little girl, till when it, it gets to a point that it becomes a question of is it what you really want or what you've been trained to want? Yeah. I think growing up, um, or what you've been conditioned to want, rather. Because I think growing up, you know, from, from time, of, like you're like, oh, like our cartoons or movies or like everything is centered around romance and finding someone and being someone. And in African culture, it's even worse because they're made to feel like you're at a certain stage. You're not married, no matter what you've done with your life then it's, it's nothing, yeah. you know, and, and I think we see, we, we see that Uju we, we, and her friends in this novel, we see how Uju's mother says, oh, we, we cannot come home empty-handed, and, you know, and we also see how, when Uju and Ada get married, once again, sorry for the spoilers, and, <laughs> <laughs> and Chinelo is single, we see how, I mean, we see how even Gozi starts telling Uju to stop hanging out with her single friend we see yeah. how she, when she finally gets married says oh god has taken away my shame and it's this is something that i've seen happen so many times i've seen how people act once they get married i've seen how society treats women better once they get married it's a level of yes. respect and the respect is not for you yes it's for <laughs> it's for the man It's for the invisible man that they don't even know they've never met but just because you have a ring ah she's married you know you're just a different way that people treat you. Even there was this story I had once that was so funny, and I think I wrote it in one of my manuscripts. I don't know which one, but I heard this one, the one that's coming out. But about how it was. So basically, she, a woman got married, and she could not believe how differently even her own head, the hairdresser was treating her. Like when she came. Came back, ah, oh, madam, madam, brought out cold drink. I nah, have the same address. I've
0: been visiting all this. <laughs> that is so. I
1: mean, so, you know, so even, so even. I mean, that's a simplistic question. But again, what I'm trying to say, even your yes, own address, treats yeah, treats you very, and so, so, and so, it, so it now becomes something where. People people now desire, they desire that elevated status. And they desire, I cannot take part in married women conversations. I cannot, the kind of society can now talk to me better and treat me better and stuff like that. Because you want that. Um, and so and 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 there's just that pressure, it's constant, it's never ending. but the thing about society is that once you give in to one, they want something else, and we see with you you know, once she gets married, the next pressure is oh, what about a child, then what about a second child, or oh, what about a male child you know, so it's never ending, and that's why the title is "Tomorrow I become a woman and 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 and, 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 and yes, you know it's it's I think and, and I really I really want more women to desire marriage for themselves, yes. Not when society wants them to get married. Like, are you because I, we, in cases where marriages go wrong, I think women stand in to lose a lot more, mm. especially when they have children. Because we have a societal thing where, oh, it's a mother's child, you know, so a man can choose not to take care of the child or things. Like, I mean, there's so many societal things around it, and I mean, the law is trying to do better, yeah. Um. Around, around that but you know there's still a huge gap and so i want women to de- to, to to desire marriage not because they've been told to do so and, and not because it's what is expected but because it's what they want like do you really want to get married yeah. do you really want to get married to this particular person yeah or is it been, you just feel like oh it's, i'm of the right
0: age and it's what it's, it's what is expected what i've been told to do yeah yeah and i totally agree with you on that uh, it before someone commits, they should want it for themselves, and they should see. I mean, that's what men do. <laughs> they see how it's is it, mm-hmm. going to benefit me, and then they go into it. Yes, <laughs> and literally,
1: you find it down to how it's going to align with their life, their job. The what, what the kind of kids they want. I mean, I had an older man tell me, "Oh, he knew he wasn't very educated, so he made sure he married a very intelligent woman. This and that and that." And by the time he analyzed it, I was just staring at him, and I was just wondering if, when he was, the, the, when before they got married, if the wife was aware. I don't think of, so. <laughs> like how, and like how deeply, like how deeply anal- analytical he was, like. She was a very conscious choice. Yeah, and I mean that's not a woman.
0: It's
1: not like
0: that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully the book helps that we start looking at it that way.
1: Hopefully, um, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, one of the things I would like us to also talk about is because you, for me, you you wrote the complex female friendships, the mother-daughter relationships very well. And I wonder um, what tips you could give to writers who are listening, who would want to do that really well.
1: Mother-daughter relationships?
0: Yeah, the, how, how to write um, the female relationships and mother-daughter relationships, because you're writing them, you embedded all the complexities in there and anyone who has experienced them would relate to all of them and be like, you know what, I think that's how I am with my mother at some point, that's how I am with some of my friends,
1: Mm-hmm. Um I think the advice i would give for um give to writers rather is I, I'd say observe, observe, because it, like observe people around you, observe relationships around you, listen, watch videos if you have to. Um for me, because a lot of the interactions in my in my novel were inspired by real interactions or real, just something real that someone said, or, you know, like um, like that, for example, that scene where, you know, we have the neighbors, one yeah. Igbo and then one gives the wrong translation to the other and gets her in trouble. I was actually inspired by, <laughs> because my grandma, before she retired, she used to be a nurse. Actually, it was inspired by a real um, incident that happened at her hospital when she was a nurse. Um, <laughs> Another nurse was supposed to go and see a patient that just gave birth, and she asked the urban nurse for translation and she gave her the wrong one, you know. Oh no. (laughs) And when that one came back, she was like, I I thought you were joking, you that you're always, you know. And and anyway, (laughs) <laughs> so a lot of so a lot of the things were in, the, the interactions, the words, they're just in, is inspired by hey, people around. So if you're writing realistic fiction, I'd say or, or literary fiction, um, I'd say observe, you know, try to try to really suck in as much as possible of the world around you as you can, you know. I remember the time when I when I when I was still working in Lagos, that I would I had I had a notepad and I was literally on my phone, like my notepad. My phone I literally like someone would say something at the table that maybe that I thought it was funny or insightful, i would literally type it into my phone and my friends would be like what oh, my colleagues and friends would be like what are you doing I'm like oh I just thought of something right but I was literally just sometimes I would just put down random interactions not because and I didn't end up using all of them to be yeah. quite honest. But I just just reading through these interactions because then you see characters as not just tools on the page but as real people right, right. Yeah. and when you begin to see your characters as real people then you be like then you be like well would this person say this will this kind of person say this or speak like this or act like this will it will they how would they respond because then you're seeing them as real people not just two on the page yeah i think that's very important um especially for dialogue um, so yeah, so that's that's definitely
0: that's definitely my advice to writers. I like it. Observation really gets so much in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so much you could talk about your book. It's a book that I definitely plan to read every year, just to remind myself and have agency in case I forget. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you, thank you so
0: much. Yeah, do you have any parting remarks before we go off?
1: Um, oh yeah, I just want to say um, a big thank you for for having me. Um, I always enjoy um, speaking um speaking with people like you that are really enthusiastic about the work and really understand you know and what it means you know for like for writers when other people are like really appreciate their work. So thank you so much, and then thank you to the listeners as well.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe to the podcast to enjoy a bookish ride.